All right, so there's nothing like going to a good live show for some live music, and there's especially nothing like the next level of that, of watching other live shows on YouTube while you're at home in the comfort of your home where you don't have to go out to some like horrible venue where you're paying for $13 blue moons to see David Lee Roth for $500. So me and Alex figured we would just uh, check out some really great musical moments from live shows on YouTube. There's a lot of risk involved in filming these videos. You could be yelled at by the artist. You could have your phone taken away. You could be arrested. You could be broken on the wheel. So I think the least we can do is watch videos people filmed of artists without their permission. And if you want to see artists this washed up, you're paying top dollar, you know, like, I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but for this uh, David Lee Roth show, he's doing this Vegas residency right now through March and the ticket prices go up to $700 for two VIP tickets. So, you know, this person filming this video we're about to watch was right in the front row. So I got to imagine they spent a shitload of money. I mean. This is from um, just last month, January 8th. It's the first night of David Lee Roth's uh, Vegas residency. It's called David Lee Roth Rocks Vegas. Um, I think we just got to play this because we can't do it justice talking about We're it. We're going to dance, really, how long? All fucking night long. <laughs> Are we going to work out? You no, get a gonna, song and you get a story. Who's my working out partner? I am. <laughs> Yeah. Are you talking about God. love? I love the people in the audience who just scream every song title based on what he's saying. Well, it's the perfect like, city for dancing. Running with the devil. Way. You know, kick that shit off. Get on one time. Look out. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to guess. Like, Alex, when you sent me this video, I thought that this was going to be the best part of it, of just him singing, like, way off key. Oh, no, it gets... But this His video spoken is word like, part is the best. Yeah, it's a roller coaster, right? He's a great storyteller. They should have him do VH1 storytellers. Because none of the songs are actually about anything. Yeah. It's just like, this is a song about a really fast car that I imagined. <laughs> You're telling me this song's about nothing? It's about dancing the night away. So like when he does between song banter, it's just nonsense. You're right. Like their songs are so good though. What's the one? Um, I think Panama in the bridge where he's describing the car. Yeah. It's about wanting to fuck a car and they have the car noise. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That song's so good. Oh, here we go. Here's this, the interlude from Panama. He's like, yeah, we're running a little bit hot tonight. I can barely see the road from the heat coming off of it, and I reach down between my legs and ease the seat back. See, you thought he was going to say he's going to whack his shit off. He's going to smack his bits around, but yeah. he's talking <laughs> I about wish he the did. car. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he's saying at the Vegas shows now, though. I think it's fair to say that, like, most of the audience could do a better karaoke rendition of this song than he can. Yeah. It's like that uh, video of Beyonce where she holds the mic to someone in the audience, and it's some girl who's just been, like, screaming hoarsely all night. That's what he sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> 
To his credit, his pants are still extraordinarily tight for a 65-year-old. Yeah, and he's got the cod piece thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is very good. This is the time of year when, if you're up and down the eastern seaboard and Southern California, every single dance studio and every single place that has a mirror is packed. Bumper to bumper, shoulder to shoulder. Cause Not sure what he means by dance studios. For two weeks yeah, me neither. Seems like a place you go to do like Pilates kind of or something. Yeah, like that so makes me think of like kids going to take dance lessons. Maybe he's, yeah. he's thinking of nightclubs? I don't know. I think bumper to bumper, shoulder to shoulder was a really good mixed metaphor though. <laughs> yeah, they're in cars, in the nightclub, and also their shoulders are out the window of the car. God, this is great. We got another solid five minutes of this song, and almost all of it is talking. Over the world, and it's just like Palm Springs spring break when I was back in high school. Like nine motherfuckers to a hotel room. It's so perfectly Joe Biden. It's great. It is. This is a hardcore Joe Biden energy. I honestly can't believe David Lee Ross is only 65. Like, this is like 85-year-old man type of shit right here. Like the way we take for granted up on the Soul Train TV. The same way that every country western star boot scoots, every way that every rock and roll motherfucker got the lace up pants. They want to get to the root, not the fruit. Everybody who books the shows and does you guys have heard of boy bands, K-pop, j God, this part right here is like a Trump oh, thing. Shit, like We're a like, they contact me, I signed the release for This week I just made a lot signed of money. a release for a J-pop band, big time. They're called, um, what is it, Rampage. They're doing a cover of Jump. Do you really have to sign a release? I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, for like a cover, you don't have to ever ask permission. Yeah, for a sample, you do. They want to learn the moves, baby. They want to learn how. For covers, like you just go through like this agency that automatically gives him like a percentage. Yeah, you just put it through ASCAP and it gives him the royalties. Doesn't require a whole lot of equipment, and unlike golf, requires very little space. Right? Yeah. The van's just going the whole time. I know, it's just kind of lightly noodling. Expecting the song will at some point continue. Got lucky there. But easily as important to me as the Hall of Fame at one of the oldest studios for dancing in all of Southern California and Hollywood. It's been around the longest of all. And if you know your way around that shit, I've been a thousand hours on room I don't think two. he ever mentioned room the name of the dance studio. <laughs> and yeah. I've been in there doing my <laughs> kung fu and doing all my rock and roll and shit and getting ready for videos thousands of hours I've spent in there. And if you know your way around, if you're a long timer, they'll take you into the back they'll take you room into the back room and ease the seat back. <laughs> and there's a list of all the names of all of us who became lifers. And you put your name and you put your date and the first date there is 1924. It works its way up. Gene Kelly's name is there. Sid Charisse's name is there. Nicholas Brothers' name is there. I haven't put my so name this up is, there yet because I don't think I've It is a place where you take dance lessons. This is the beginning of yeah, the second I guess so. 
is the beginning of the second half. It's just so hard to understand because of that long tangent about all the kids in all these different Latin American countries and is where that part he was talking about getting nine motherfuckers get to, to a room when he was younger. Like, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. Like people from Argentina going on vacation to LA on <laughs> yeah. spring break and taking dance lessons. To his credit, I'm impressed that he remembers what song he's doing when they finally go back into it. <laughs> You're going to take this shit off. <laughs> Come on, dance. The night away. Dance. The night away. No! <laughs> it sounds like a jungle bird. <laughs> That'd be a cool Vegas show to have like a bunch of toucans and shit just squawking over the song. <laughs> Yeah, they should have birds flying around. Yeah, they're in cages for like most of the songs, then the big finale is you just let out like 200 tropical birds into the air. Hoping they don't shit on your head is a form of gambling. No, you gotta give everyone ponchos in the first like five rows. <laughs> like a blue man group show. Damn, they killed that. I feel like we got about two minutes of song in that nine minute video. Yeah, I feel like there was like one verse and then one chorus, and then 10 minutes of talking. Yeah, that's great, though. I mean, so there's still residency shows going on through March. Uh, I would encourage everyone who wants to pay uh, like 90 to $700 to see that to go do it. The cheapest tickets, you could put two $64 tickets plus fees on a layaway like or like an installment plan for six months. It's going to cost you about $200 over six months from Ticketmaster. Well, let's see. So, okay, but beyond like just buying a ticket, you got the Hot for Teacher package for four hundred fifty dollars. Gets you two tickets, a premium or domestic beer bucket, uh, pre and post show access to the foundation room, uh, priority access to the music hall, commemorative VIP show laminate, and a souvenir retail item. <laughs> um, at the $700 jump package, though, it's almost the $450 package is almost exactly the same as the $700 package. The only thing you get for that extra $250 is a bottle of premium spirit at the VIP table. So that's probably like one of those mini bottles of Smirnoff? Yeah, like an airplane size. Now, I'm hoping it's uh, Sammy Hagar's tequila. You have to tip David Lee Roth. You don't have to pay the extra $250, but you really should. He, he put in a lot of effort. Yeah, it's true. Actually, oh, I totally, I wasn't paying attention to the video in the part when he was talking about how like this is like the playoffs or something. Oh yeah, this is the second half of the Super Bowl for me. Yeah, that's it. It's like, no, it's not, dude. This is like 40 years after you played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it would be ridiculous enough to say that at age 65 to begin with, but then to do it and then go into like the worst performance of all time where you just <laughs> yeah. cannot sing at all. And then you have like an old guy rambling. <laughs> like <laughs> I still got my youth. Let me prove it. He's amazing. Yeah. I think that performance has really cemented him as like an iconic performer for all time. Cool. This is like a personal favorite. I'm white Arsenio Hall. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this is like a couple years ago when they rebooted the Arsenio Hall show. 
and it only lasted like two years. They had um, Billy Ray Cyrus. This is pre-Old Town Road, so Billy Ray Cyrus was like really not at the peak of his cultural relevance. And he came on Arsenio to do a brand new song featuring Fred Durst. And the first like two minutes are super ordinary. I mean, it's just like a bland like country rock song. But then once Fred Durst comes in, it really picks up because it's just so... He's just singing so incredibly off-key and like trying to rap for like a you know a verse. It's so good, man. Yeah, I love the way he says that. Yeah, sounds kind of grungy. It's like 1993 type shit. There's a woman playing cello. <laughs> God, Fred Durst. I feel like crashing. So they must have rehearsed this because no one knows this song. This wasn't just off the cuff. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It sounds a lot like In Bloom. <laughs> the intro. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, this is like 25 years too late to be making this song. It's from 2013, it looks like. Is Arsenio Hall still on? No, like they canceled this show really soon after it came back. But it gave us this one great moment. That was his swan song. Yeah. I'm trying to find the lyrics of it, but it's not on like Rap Genius or anything. Go figure. I didn't realize there was more than one Billy Ray Cyrus song. Yeah, right? They should have done a, a achy, breaky heart medley in the middle of that one. There was one where they did that. Really? Yeah, there's a different performance of achy, breaky heart. You've never seen that one? No, is it with Fred Durst? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Okay, this is great. I'm excited. Get it going. I, go, I have to ask him to take us home with achy, breaky heart if I can get it. Yeah. Oh, God, this is going to be great. Say what? <laughs> Say what? Yeah. <laughs> He's just a soundboard of himself. I want to see uh, Fred Durst just be like an Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard during this song. Like, I'm a cop, you idiot! <laughs> Detective John Kimball! I'm Bender. <laughs> He's really like have, playing a really passive role here. I, I'm glad they have him so loud in the mix, though. Yeah, he's standing in the back now too. And at some point, he starts hitting the uh, the low tom. Hell yeah! With like a big mallet. All right, now he's just clapping, not even holding a mic. That's disappointing. Like the way that Old Town Road was like an accident that. Billy Ray Cyrus got rejuvenated by it. I hope this is like his plan to work with a rapper on purpose to be relevant again was Fred Durst. Like, yeah, this was the dry run. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why everybody hated this song so much. It's not a bad song. Uh, to me, it's like Crank That Soldier Boy from the 90s. 
Just like a really stupid novelty hit that everyone's gonna listen to at a wedding. It is, like, this song does have, like, kind of like an old school, like, pop country flair, I guess. Like, it could have been from, like, an era before it, even. Oh, I think, oh, yeah, now there he goes. There goes Fred Durst. Yeah, Fred Durst was floor, just huh? slamming on, like, the ride cymbal with the drumstick. Yeah, and I think it, he moved to the floor time now, though. It changed to the quiet part, and he had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he just kept going all the way through it. He has at least some awareness of what's happening. Man, they should have had Fred Durst solo on this one. Wait, is he doing like a woodblock now? He got a cowbell, I think. Oh, shit. Man, I was really hoping for about ten times as many ad-libs as he had. Yeah, he really needed to give Fred a verse. So there's also, there's the Guns N' Roses... Bridge school benefit. This is when Axl Rose, I think, had strep throat. He kind of sounds like dog crap. It's cool to do a benefit show and then just do a really shitty job of it. Yeah, it's not like they're getting paid. Who gives a shit? Yeah. No one can call you out either because you did a nice thing. Yeah, what are they going to ask for a refund? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a parody. Yeah, it sounds like a, a Shreds video. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Or it sounds like someone making fun of Neil Young's voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining that now, like a bad comedian doing an esoteric impression of Neil Young singing Paradise City. <laughs> For like six minutes and it's totally bombing. Yeah. It just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. The joke is like something about Neil Young being Canadian but moving to California, but there's really nothing there, you know? Take me down to Ontario City. The guitarist just playing his guitar in the face of those people in the audience seems like an aggressive move. Like, that almost, that seems like if, if playing an instrument ever constituted assault, that was it. I'm just like right in their face. It keeps cutting to the audience and it's like, they're all in wheelchairs and can't move and it's just like... Yeah, that's, it seems like an act of aggression like against of them. Surreality. Yeah. Yeah, like they're a captive audience. They can't leave. The acoustic concerts are so bad. Yeah, it's really loud. I don't know whose idea it was that it would somehow sound better or like complement the song if you have four acoustic guitars playing at once in an acoustic I think it's, bass. Um, so it's like a dumb person's idea of sophisticated rock, you know? Yeah, Rock like music doesn't have to be loud, man. It can be sophisticated and have dynamics by being acoustic instead of electric. Yeah, like Pearl Jam is going to be better if you get rid of all the arrangement. <laughs> yeah. And just have it be like a horrible, like, mess of trebly acoustic guitar strumming. I wonder if, like, the early 90s MTV Unplugged stuff is what made people do this shit. 
Because, like, Nirvana Unplugged is fantastic, but that's because they reworked the songs and did covers and, like, they actually made it a real set rather than just, like, here's the exact same song, just shittier. Yeah, it's just a regular performance where they switched out the guitars. Yeah. And you can't hear any of the guitar parts. It's, like, only the topmost frequencies. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how they even pull that off. The, the entire middle part of the frequencies is gone. Yeah. I think it's um, probably a function of playing acoustic electrics too, where like if you just mic'd up an acoustic guitar, there's tons of like resonant like low end. But yeah, acoustic electrics sound way too crisp. Um, it's really, it's flimsy, you don't adjust kind of. it. Yeah. <laughs> the way he's singing seems really like meek to me too. He's just like might as well just be kind of mumbling it a little bit. A lot, like a thing, a lot of these um, really shitty live performances have in common is that they're just way too long too. You really gotta jam this one out. This song's too long to begin with. Yeah. Actually, it might be around this length, right? Yeah, I think it's like six minutes. Yeah, this is probably pretty normal. The guitarist in this has a top hat. And it's not Slash. It seems kind of disrespectful. I think you're allowed to do it. It's a power move, you know? Why doesn't Slash come and try to stop him if he's got a problem with it? He should have tried to stop him. He should have tackled him on stage at the concert for disabled children. <laughs> Just two guys getting in a big fist fight over who gets to wear the top hat. You know what my new thing's going to be? I'm just going to wear a fried chicken bucket on my head from now on. I don't think anyone's ever done that. Yeah, and if anyone has a problem with it, they can come fight me. Yeah, well, they're good luck finding you if they have a bucket on their head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, it's it's win-win. What do you think we should get into here? Maybe let's keep rocking with uh, Def Leppard on Huckabee. This is a good one. I love Def Leppard, but man, this shit is goofy. I love Mike Huckabee, but man, this shit is goofy. Yeah, Mike Huckabee is usually cooler than this. Five million albums and made them one of the most successful bands of the '80s arena rock era. The group is still rocking. They've just announced a summer tour across rocking. America. And joining me now is Def Leppard guitarist Phil Collins. Phil, great to have you here. I had no idea his name is Phil Collins. Yeah. Like, he must have had so much trouble across his whole life because of it. Or maybe it helped him. Everyone accidentally booked him thinking it was Phil Collins. Reporters poured out. They see Mike Huckabee and Phil Collins playing music together, and it's like, this picture is really He probably did think it was Phil Collins. But one of the things that's so cool about you, Phil, that I have admired... No, it's not the first time they shredded together from this video clip he's playing That is not the image people have of a rock star. Right, right. I feel great for it. You know, I stopped drinking 23 years ago, and, um, and I exercise and eat right. I'm a vegetarian, and 
Just this video makes me understand the appeal of Fox News, though, for geriatrics, because it's like a safe space for old people to be cool. Like, everybody in the crowd and on stage is over 65. Everyone kind of knows what they're getting themselves into, but they're just getting to let loose and just kind of rock out. Usually they're confined to basements if you want to do this when you're this old, but, you know, they're going to get on stage and have some fun. Yeah, it's like a wish fulfillment thing for just, like, dopey dads. And I think, uh, like, what if I was in Def Leppard? So yeah, exactly. I can't really play at all. Well, you brought Kyle and Steve uh, with you today. We're gonna I'm 72. Where's my, you know, release, you know? Right, yeah. But you've got a tour when do I get to rock? Where can I tune? Back on the road yeah. Again? We do. We actually, I love the guys who play in these bands. Actually, we start in uh, Belfast. Darling, I don't know if this is Huckabee's band. American house band? I don't know if he has a house band. And then, um... He came I don't think that people can get I'm going to guess he guys, came with and ticket information going to It's like young guys with soul patches and spiked hair or uh, young guys with a fedora and a soul patch. Yeah, these guys are actually kind of transgressing this geriatric safe space. Because that guy playing guitar with, like, the studs on the guitar strap and shit looks like he could be in, like, Puddle of Mud or something. This requested a lot, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's such a bad look, especially for 2012. That's amazing. Well, we've done it before, you know, we've been... He's got, like, the gelled-up spiky hair. But the people there around are not going to tell them they don't look good. Because everyone around them is older. Yeah. And also, they can't tell that his look is, like, 10 years dated at this point. They think it's just, like, crazy kid. Yeah. Like a lover with a red iPhone. Yeah, they invented the red iPhone. Ooh, I like that while this performance is going on, just the, like, Chiron at the bottom of the screen says PhilCollin.com in huge letters. Yeah, what's on that? <laughs> Find out. It doesn't open up. Damn, this performance wasn't that long ago. You're right, though. It's already completely gone. Yeah, I don't know why he needed a website, because he's just in Def Leppard. I don't think he's doing solo stuff. Oh, Huckabee fucked up the bass. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's got enough charisma to cover up for it, then. <laughs> he keeps looking over at Phil Collin, like, for approval. <laughs> It'd be funny if they turned his amp off. Like Sid Vicious. <laughs> for sure. Before this episode of Huckabee went on air, uh, Mike Huckabee was on ultimateguitar.com just looking up the tab for this song. <laughs> Listening to it on YouTube, trying to figure it out real quick. I'm looking at the guy's guitar now. The guy with the soul patch. And it's like a Gibson Explorer. Ooh, with, with like an, an American, American flag, flag pattern. pattern. Yeah, so that probably is Huckabee's band. Yeah, I guess we're... I'm, I'm curious now. That's amazingly tacky. The stud of the strap. He's got like a, so a gold chain around his neck. Can you imagine the woman unfortunate enough to date that guy? Like, he must be like 35. He's not that old. And it's like, yeah, babe, I'm playing on the Huckabee show tonight. I'm a heavy metal guitarist for Mike Huckabee. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't forget to uh, check out their concert. I'm in this pretty sick band. Uh, Huckabee House yeah. Band. We play uh, kind of. We play arena rock covers. Yes, yeah, uh, only Huckabee. band with a former presidential candidate in it. Yeah, that's what's cool about the conceit of the Huckabee Show too. Is it's literally just an excuse to do like dead rock covers of songs from thirty years ago. Like, there's nowhere else on TV you can just do covers as like a part of your political talk show. I think actually that young guy playing guitar is a good segue into this next video. Wait, hold on. I had a tab of achy breaky heart open just searching it and there's a result of Elvis Presley singing achy breaky heart and it's just uh, a cover where someone's doing an Elvis impression <laughs> but there are, I'm looking at the comments and most of them are like this is not Elvis he died in 1977 but some of them are like best performance of Elvis brilliant <laughs> you gotta wonder the percentage of trolling to sincere there's at least one of those got to be sincere you know if someone th it's got 50,000 views. Some of them have got to think it's Elvis. Because a lot of people do think Elvis is still alive. He's still alive and also performing as Elvis. He's that That's flagrant. what I believe. Yeah, he's going on stage. There's so many impersonators that he can get away with it. It would be pretty funny if Elvis pretended to be an Elvis impersonator and he was just doing the exact same shit. And he's like, yeah, I'm Elvis. I'm <laughs> yeah, Elvis he's Presley. Like not even doing it at a high level. Like He's just kind of playing like random cities in like Oklahoma and shit for like 200 bucks a night. <laughs> David Lee Roth caliber performances. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it ain't much, but it's a good, honest living. You know, back when I was in the army, you know, uh, October, November, December, you know, the kids would come down and we used to have, you know, we used to have these dance halls. You'd go in and you'd go to a sock hop and man, we were, we rocked all night long, and it was it was crazy. <laughs> I hope. Do you think that um, like the puddle of mud type of like butt rock generation is gonna get to that point of incoherence? I feel like they will, right? Like, there's well, gonna puddle be... of mud is there already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the problem is that they're not getting those. I don't think puddle of mud's gonna make it to like the Vegas residency, but one of those butt rock bands is like, and they're gonna have yeah, like they that could. like nickelback wouldn't be yeah i could see that happening you know like the 12 minute rendition of like a photograph where just for seven minutes in the middle he's just rambling about going to the cvs and you know oh they don't have walgreens where i'm from and yeah here when you uh when you get a disposable camera you take pictures you got you know 24 of them 12 of them whatever you know you don't get to see them until you cash them in at the photoshop and up here in canada we uh we have to get our photos developed at tim hortons yeah now young people these days might not remember when photograph came out i wasn't talking about instagram maybe we would have called it instagram if uh if we had made it uh you know but anyway we used to go to the photo hut and all the girls from from Brazil and Argentina be at the photo studio. Look but, at um, this Instagram. Yeah. Every time I look, it makes me ham. Actually, I can imagine YouTube commenters being like, man, it'd be so fucked up if, like, this song's so real. You know, these days it would be about Instagram, and it's so fake, dude. That's really not a bad song, honestly. 
it's so know, cloying dude. and like it's, it's meant to be played bad. at like high school graduation ceremonies but like yeah. the the chorus is uh that's a, a well-written chorus in yeah, another I context mean, that could be a good uh chorus i would say it's just equally as cheesy as something like vitamin c graduation you know like sappy oh, sure. deliberately sappy lowest common denominator stuff nickelback always got more hate than they deserve they were equally as bad as like a lot of their contemporaries, but for some reason they got picked on even more. But like, yeah, I think at, after some point it was bad. just like a, a feedback loop where people saw other people say Nickelback was the worst band ever. Yeah. And they're not really that bad. They're just a shitty radio rock band. They're just one member of a shitty this, genre. This is something we could listen to another time, but um, Nickelback actually discovered a much worse band than themselves called theory of a dead man. And they have this great song um, where the lyrics are all about like, uh, you know, I hate the homeless guy asking me for change. I hate my wife. I hate my kid. You know, I hate everybody. And you think that maybe there's going to be like a reversal for the chorus where it's like he learns to like, you know, accept life or something. But that's actually just the songs that he hates homeless people and he hates his wife and shit. Yeah, that was that era had that really took toxic masculinity to like the logical endpoint. Yeah, absolutely, dude. In those lyrics. I guess at the same time you had um, like pop punk and emo doing a similar kind of thing, but with more like being a, a manipulative kind of asshole. Yeah, but exactly. The, the, the butt rock bands were just full on like, I'm a piece of shit. Fuck you. I'll fight anybody. The pop punk and emo guys, their lyrics were more like DMing girls uh, at if you 4 leave PM, me, I'll kill you myself. up. Yeah, you up. Yeah, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. It's a, yeah, that, that was that stuff. This stuff was more aggressively just toxic. Yeah, just aggressive, um, abusive drunks. Yeah. So that's a good segue into this one of uh, Puddle of Mud. This is what, like 2016? Just an onstage... Yeah. I mean, allegedly, it's a meltdown. Allegedly, as of 2017, he's sober, but I'm not sure if I really believe that. Yeah. Well, because let's he's been doing this for 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> but I made a playlist of six different Puddle of Mud videos where he has a meltdown on stage. Sometimes he falls asleep. Sometimes he just picks someone in the audience and yells at him. There's one where he yells at the sound guy and walks off. I think the best one for uh, only, seeing the, only hearing the audio is the one where he's yelling at a guy in the audience for stealing his house. Yeah, let's get that one playing right now. <laughs> Speaking of toxic masculinity here. Got the really got the audience going here. His posture right now, he's like sitting down at the front of the stage, just legs spread out wide. He's like about to slump over forward, and he's wearing a shirt of his own band. Are you the dude, man? Are you the dude, man? <laughs> his poor fucking band. The guitarist is just like playing this atmospheric shit, like thinking maybe we'll start a song in a minute. Yeah, they're playing like Wild West music. Ooh, he won't even let the guitarist play. Are you the fucking dude that did that to me, man? Alright, look. I'm gonna cut this set short. Yeah. 
Did you really fucking seriously say that to me? My fucking eyeballs, man, in my own fucking home. God, it would be fun Did to go to one of their shows man, just really? to get into a fight with him. Like, he seems very willing to just fight anybody he can hear in the right audience. Here in front of me? Yeah, he's like a beta fish. <laughs> because it looks a lot like you, man. <laughs> looks a lot like you, dude. It's got to be so stressful to be in this band. Like, when you're coming up with a set list, he's probably, like, optimistic that, oh, we can just get through a normal full set. And everyone else in the band knows he's going to just, like, get drunk and argue with the audience for 20 minutes. So it's like, man, maybe we cut, like, six of these songs, you know? Yeah, they only know three songs. They never have to get to the rest. They do, she fucking hates me for 12 minutes. Then he talks for 20 minutes. Then they can do blurry to close it out. This motherfucker stole my fucking house. This motherfucker stole my fucking house. I'm not sure what he's talking about. I I read on Wikipedia that his house got foreclosed on. Oh, okay. I doubt the person who, like, who foreclosed on it or the person who, like, moved into it maybe would be at a puddle of mud shoe. When they're on tour. Yeah, some kind of like banking CE or like a, I don't know. Yeah, like a foreclosure it's lawyer. Like, why yeah, would exactly. they be at that show? <laughs> like at the front Especially row. if you're out of town. Bullshit. <laughs> He's following Bullshit. him on the road just to taunt him. I'll eat the goddamn yeah, I'm actually a huge Bullshit. fan of Puddle Mud. That's why this I wanted his house. Memorabilia. I think I would respect it much more if he stole the house by just walking in there and changing the locks and being like, it's mine now. Stick his head out the window just like, hey, dude. This yeah, I can't right get him here. to leave. I have mail sent this here. This motherfucker right here. Get his ass on camera. Right. Get his ass on camera. Get his ass on camera. This is the dog right here. This is the motherfucker right here. This is the dog. This guy stole my fucking house. (laughs) Oh, there goes the mic. He's still talking, though. (laughs) God, that's dedication right there. Yeah, he's pointing his finger at the crowd and just yelling at them, but inaudible to anyone else. The drummer's twirling his drumsticks. They just Is that house the, music? Uh, yeah, they put the house music back on. God, that's funny. The drummer just stands up. Is if oh, they're man, getting paid, jacket it's probably on. great. It's like when you're at school and you get a half day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is this really the end of the show? Yeah, he leaves. Cool. These are great. Maybe we could play another one of these. Yeah, that's a really great way to end a show. Damn. Keep them waiting. Keep them wanting more, you know? That's Showbiz 101. Accuse a fan of stealing your house for five minutes. Throw the mic and just leave. Cool. So this is them in Italy that same year. Doing uh, Blurry. Well, it looks like it takes them eight minutes to do Blurry here, too. That really continues this trend. It's because he's asleep for most of it. And the band just keeps going, and it's pretty the awesome, audience actually. got his back so far, too. I like the Puddle of Mud font they have behind them that kind of just looks like really generic, like the House of Blues or something. It's like the least cool font you could ever have. Yeah. <laughs> the backwards Ds. So what happens, you can't see it, but 
<laughs> he's he's holding on to the mic for uh, for support, and then the thing where you twist it and the mic collapses, that goes down. Yeah, the mic's and getting so lower he has to and lower. Down. And the and then the yeah, mic falls over, the and then he has to lay down. <laughs> he's just on the floor, and he just the goes to bed. got him though. <laughs> it's so cool. You gotta figure that like. Basically, no one in the audience can even see him right now. <laughs> this is actually like punk rock, you know? It's like anti-theatrics. It's like, I'm not gonna fucking be your little monkey up here. I'm just gonna take a nap on the stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is more authentic. This is more authentic than anything Gigi Allen ever did. Oh, absolutely, dude. Because he's not intending for this to happen to be edgy. This is just, yeah, this is him just being legitimate, a, a lifelong like, fucker. Fuck you, I'm not gonna do what you tell me. Well, he's kind of mumbling. I think this is supposed to be a verse right now, maybe? <laughs> God, that's really cool. I mean, this is probably like a medical crisis right now, basically, but... You gotta hand it to him. The band Dude, this is shit had to happen to them so fucking often. Because this is the same year as that last clip. Like, I bet this whole tour was a fucking nightmare, man. Most of the audience probably thinks he left. Yeah, seriously, dude. Because this is being filmed between two monitors on the yeah, stage. Yeah, you can't see him from so anywhere. So this person in the front row can see him, but someone in the back probably thinks he just left. No wonder this is eight minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going. <laughs> God. Such an anticlimactic way to do your biggest hit. It rocks. Man, the bass player's still like giving it his all. He's like rocking out too. Yeah, the drummer's awesome. There's really the same kind of shit as like there's videos of Jim Morrison from the 70s where they're doing like Light My Fire or something, and he just jumps off stage and crawls underneath the stage for like five minutes. And it was the same thing as this, where they just loop the same section of the song over and over like maybe he'll come back eventually well the best parts of light my fire are when he's not saying oh yeah absolutely the it's keyboard the riff yeah that's, that's just so cool dude. are they just deciding to end it here that's actually a pretty good uh yeah it's up that was to a them. tasteful way to end it like improvised i guess the it's video for blurry was directed by fred durst Directed by who? Fred really? Durst. Really? Damn. I just realized that. Yeah, I, I remember Fred Durst signed them. I was hoping he was going to wake up, but nope. I love in the video for Blurry, I'm looking at it right now, where they show, like, uh, the his son's mother and then her, like, asshole uh, new boyfriend like the stepfather huh. just being like assholes in the car while he's like playing with the kid and it's like <laughs> such a I'm sure the op that's the opposite of how it actually was <laughs> like he was the good dad and the mother just uh, wouldn't let him see the kid for no reason yeah. <laughs> it's not because he gets blackout yeah, drunk every single day that's a great point <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like his because he's a bitch. His, his like performance of the song proves right here. That is a great song, though. Yeah, the 
the guitar part and shit is like the little like doo 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 like the intros. Cool. Yeah, yeah, the guitar is like really unique for like this kind of. Music. Yeah, it's very non like. But yeah, something with like a little thing. bit of nuance yeah. to it. But no, I respect the band here for just deciding that they waited long enough and just half timing their way to an outro and being like, "This is a passable way to end the set." Yeah, the shift's over. Was that the next? Yeah, one? I think we gotta kind of close this one out with a very epic rendition of Buck Cherry's "Crazy Bitch" from Crew Fest. I think this is like maybe oh, one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah. My favorite aspect of it is uh, its view of women. Yeah. And he really plays that, which one I agree here. with. They tried to take this one, Josh Todd, to the we next level of misogyny. He's just so bad looking. He just looks like he reeks. Oh, absolutely. They do this kind of like funk groove here for I think at least like four minutes before the song really starts. I haven't watched this in a while though. This song had to be like half of their set. I guess that's mostly what people are coming to hear. Yeah. It's like kind of ironic though in the sense that like most songs that are hits are really concise, you know. A good like three and a half minute like verse chorus, verse chorus, you know, bridge chorus, whatever. And it's funny that like the incentive at a live show when you don't have many hits is to completely fuck that up by just making it 15 minutes long of like, this is what people want. But I don't think they really want like a four minute intro to that song. Society loves a crazy bitch and you grab my dick now. (laughs) That's like the proto version of the David Lee Roth senility that we saw earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's so gross. He really stepped this song up, dude. Here it comes again. God, it must suck to be a woman at this show. Luckily, it's probably like 90% dudes, but like, ooh. With her heels on. Titties all pumped up. Titties all pumped up. He's so gross. Knocking on my door, acting like she don't want to be there, right? You know what I mean? You know how like 3-6 Mafia would do slob on my knob, and then LeChat would do the rebuttal with slob on my cat? There should have been someone to do that for Crazy Bitch to, like, kind of give her side of the story about what happened with him. Because I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, illumination that would happen from hearing that. We could have already heard this song, like, one and a half times by now. Bands like this should just go back to the old like type of encore from classical music of just play the same song twice instead of dragging it out for 13 minutes. Here's the actual song. Yeah, finally, about five minutes in. The only good part of it is that riff they steal from Sweet Emotion. Yeah. <laughs> 
I forgot that this song kind of feels a little bit like Red Hot Chili Peppers-ish too. Not the lyrics, obviously, but. Actually, maybe the lyrics too, everything. <laughs> These guys are maybe the last generation of band to like do the 80s thing of having like 5,000 cabinets behind them. And they're probably playing yeah, like one that's amp. that's just... That's so cruel to the techs. I know. It's like forcing people to build a pyramid for you by carrying one-ton blocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the pyramids were built for a Buck Cherry show. The time travelers, dude. Cleopatra was a crazy bitch. Yeah. Cool, we got about a minute and a half a song, now we can uh, relax for a while. The drummer's straight up drinking a bottle of water right now. We got shit confused along the way, right? We made all this shit up to abide by. Right? Money? <laughs> Religion? And words, man! We made Damn, that's fucking crazy. We made up words, dude? You know what you want to do? Three things. That's it. You want to He's eat, really revealing the sleep, truth about society here. And procreate, right? In this song about a woman who's crazy, but you want to have sex dude. with her. I came to Crewfest to rock out. I didn't know I was going to come away with a fucking philosophy lesson. What are you talking about? Type of girl when she sucks your dick, she swallows every fucking time. Is that crazy? <laughs> no That's not really that crazy. Seem it's not particularly like a, crazy at all. You don't have to be mentally ill to do that. <laughs> also, that means she's just doing exactly what she wants him to do. She reaches underneath and tickles your balls a little bit. Yeah, none of this is crazy. <laughs> It seems like she's actually being very accommodating. I'm talking about a crazy bitch. Okay. To his you credit, this all sounds very consensual too. It's just kind of normal shit. Do you know how to sing this fucking chorus? Well, then you know you gotta creep and crawl, right? Mm, shit. The band's loving I this. I know the drummer's just smiling. They're a lot more tolerant to this than. Um, yeah, that's because he's at least this is like deliberate and he's still moving and you know he's conscious he's on uppers yeah i think like you can tell that this is something he does every night and kind of improvises it and they're like okay well you ready they used to play this on the radio on fm radio on the hard rock station and so much of it would be bleeped out <laughs> It's like, hey, you're crazy, you're crazy but you, I'm on top of it. This one's called Crazy B dash 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 dash. 
This performance is pretty illustrative, though, of the fact that they just wish that they were big in the 80s. And uh, getting to open up for Motley Crue at Crue Fest uh, is pretty much the best you're ever going to do for that dream. So good for them, you know? Yeah, it's such a weird concept for a band. And they came out in, like, the late 90s. Yeah, like, turn Which is a weird time to do it because it's not even really nostalgia yet. It's just doing something that was cool 10 years ago. 80s-style amplifier cabinets, 80s-style misogyny. It's like if someone now started a band, like a scene band. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Crunkcore. Well, remember when we watched that Crunkcore band, uh, Unicorns Killed My Girlfriend? That band's only like three years ago. I still think about that sometimes. I don't know how that happened. It's so cool, man. Like, there isn't a story for it. I don't know. I love that song. I need some explanation for how that came about. I wish Unicorns Killed My Girlfriend could play to an audience of this size, because I think that performance would be fucking phenomenal. Damn, I'm amped up. Actually, okay... To give this video credit, of everything we watched today, it's the only one that actually properly closes out a show. Like, the David Lee Roth one is just a fucking disaster of one kind. The Puddle of Mud one is like, pretty much as bad as it gets in live entertainment. This one, you know, they they <laughs> pulled it off. Like, it was a, it's a big closer. <laughs> he just falls asleep on stage. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's not falling asleep on stage. Because like they said in uh, their first song, I love the cocaine. I don't think they could have tightened that song up either. I mean, that was like 13 tight minutes. You had the funk intro. You had about half the song. Then you had just rambling that he actually pulled off much better than anyone else we saw ramble today. You got the second half of the song. Then you got the classic outro where everyone's just going, and the drummer's just hitting everything. Like, man. I'm pumped up to see Motley Crue now. Yeah, they were probably better than Motley Crue because Motley Crue's old as shit. Except for Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee still looks like he's 30 because he's an angel. He should go back to college again. Yeah, he needs to to get his master's (laughs) at Nebraska State University. Yeah, we're due for a resurgence of the early 2000s reality genre. So then we can just remake... They should all go to college together. Yeah. Have Ozzy and uh, Tommy Lee, everything, yeah. Cool, I think we uh, covered a lot of good shit here, though. I'm going to go get tickets to see David Lee Roth right now for about 700 bucks. I'm going to go get tickets to see Puddle of Mud Yeah, open for David Lee Roth. Dude, yeah, that's the dream show. Maybe Fred Durst will make an appearance. And David Lee Roth will cover Achy Breaky Heart and just kind of bring it all back around. David Lee Roth should uh, cover Crazy Bitch as his closer. Yeah. Buckcherry would probably be honored. The crowd would love it. There's not much singing involved. It's mostly just ch- shouting. I actually do wonder how much audience crossover there is. It's the same type of guy going to both of those shows, but I feel like there's not much crossover because it's just the same guy 20 years younger who likes Bug Cherry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure like a, a person who would go to a Buck Cherry show has heard of Van Halen would, would go to a Van Halen show. That's true, yeah. I don't know if they would seek it out. 
Well, we're going to go to both, and we hope to see everyone there. Get your tickets now. We'll see you later.